It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Good body every morning. It's good to have you here. I am excited. Um, it's going to be a great show. We have the one, the only Norm Blumenthal uh, joining us today. And, you know, Norm and I were talking right before the show, and we have been together now uh, going on seven years. We're going to have to find out the exact, the exact, uh, uh, what do you call it, the exact time frame, but it's, uh, we believe it's close to seven years that we've been working together, and um, it is just, uh, I don't know, I think it's fantastic uh, partnership. Norm has uh, become one of my favorite people. Uh, he's got just a, a love for America, a love for average working people like you and I, takes care of consumers. In fact, he was selected as one of the top attorneys in Southern California. Also, in 2017, Norm was inducted and recognized as one of America's most trusted lawyers in employment law. Norm Blumenthal is a uh, probably one of the most dedicated lawyers I've ever met and just really has a passion for helping people out. Norm Blumenthal, welcome back. It's always nice to be back, Bert, for Money for Lunch because we talk about money and reminiscing about where we started about that's probably got to be four, maybe five elections ago, uh, close to it anyway. And when we started uh, the, the federal minimum wage was $7.25, and the state minimum wage in California was right around $8. And when we came on the show, um, our goal was to get that minimum wage up because people couldn't live on that much money. And I don't know how many shows we talked about, but as we sit here today, um, the minimum wage in California is now about $18, but more like 20 people are earning and it's that way across the country. 26 states have increased their minimum wage. Unfortunately, the federal law has not changed. It's still $7.25. But we were successful in getting the word out, us and everybody else that was behind that. And in the paper today in San Diego, where I live, uh, they, the, the average wage of, uh, of anybody in San Diego is $91,000. So it's it's really been a wonderful ride to get people's wages up. Now, the question becomes, we go into this next election, you know, what's this election about? And uh, we've talked about before, you know, we're in an adversary system. Got On one side, we got the Republicans. And the Republican Party is basically the Tea Party, taxed enough already. And then you know, on the other side... You have the Democrats, which is basically a labor party, uh, supporting workers and uh, sh and sharing the wealth. Uh, if the Republicans win and have their way, uh, a number of things could go away. So you have to keep this in mind. Uh, the, the fact is, if you know you're a Republican and, and you want to keep all your money, um, I mean that's one way to look at it, but. If you're a Democrat and want to share the wealth, that's another way to look at it. But what will go away, and I want to, I'm want i talking to not all the Democrats because they understand that. I'm talking to the uh, middle-of-the-road Republicans. Well, the first thing we know that they're going to get rid of is um, 
Social Security. And, um, you know, when George Bush, if we remember, Jr. Uh, came into office his second term, he said he had a lot of capital. If you remember that story, Bert? He's going to expend it all on privatizing Social Security, which right. was an abomination, and it really didn't get out of his office. It, would, it was a lead balloon, and nobody followed it. But that's the Republican chant. You know, it's my money. I want to keep it, and I'll take care of myself. And, you know, if you can't take care of yourself, well, fine. I mean, if you think there's a homelessness problem in this country now, take away Social Security benefits from people. I mean, how many people in this country do you think live on or expect to live on Social Security? It's a tremendous number. And if you want to take it away, you're, all you're going to do is put more people on the street because there are people living on that. Next thing the Republicans want to get rid of is Medicare. Medicare is another problem because they have to pay Medicare taxes and they don't want to pay for medical insurance for other people. If you can't afford medical insurance, well, then, you know, it's too bad. And, and that's the Republicans' motto. The Democrats' motto is, hey, I got enough. I have medical insurance. I want everybody to be healthy and have medical insurance. And so that's what Medicare has done, and that's another wonderful, wonderful mechanism. And if you don't believe me, just look at Obamacare. You know, but for um, uh, John McCain, uh, his bravery, there'd be no Obamacare. You wouldn't be able to get insurance for a pre-existing condition. You wouldn't be able to be on your parents' insurance policy till the age of, of where, you're, where you're 26. Um, this, this wouldn't happen. And even up till today, um, President Biden was able to get past this new um, drug bill where you're going to be able to negotiate lower drug prices for people. The Republicans, you know, if you want a lower drug price, negotiate it yourself. And so this is what we're up against. This is the yin and the yang that we're facing today, the same kind of yin and yang we faced with minimum wage. But it's, it's people have to, to smarten up. Where are we going to end up and how are we going to get there? Right. And, and you know, what's interesting, too, if you look at what Mark Cuban is doing, uh, Mark Cuban has started a pharmaceutical company to, uh, to help, uh, again, working class people, just, you know, all of us who sometimes need to stretch that budget. So Mark Cuban has started a pharmaceutical company where all the medicines on this pharmaceutical uh, company are the generics. So, you know, and some of these generics are 70, 80, 90 percent off of the uh, more expensive, uh, what do you call it, name brands, right? And my point being to this is here's a guy who's a capitalist who is known for making money, you know, and, and but at the same time, he understands that a lot of consumers need help, and sometimes this information is hard to find, you know, and, and you know, there's tons of people like Mark Cuban who are, you know, moderate, who are Republicans, who are, uh, what do you call it, who, who are capitalists, and yet 
they understand that if people cannot pay their bills, if people are concerned, scared, upset, uh, or anxious about their health care and their money, they're not happy and they're less productive and they get sick more often. And there's all these things. And so it's not just uh, just a you know a bunch of Democrats or liberals that are trying to uh, I don't know uh, change things, but it's also some Republicans as well. Yeah, and and it's you know I think the the approach is if you're a Republican, it's you know every man and woman for themselves, and if you're a Democrat, we're all in this together as Americans, and if we're all in this together, then the fact that you are able to share a, a, uh, your your paycheck through the government to help people is a good thing, not a bad thing. And the idea that it's it's a bad thing, this every man for himself, is prehistoric, and it it doesn't help anybody in the end because what's going to happen is at some point in time a lot of these uh, uh, Tea Party uh, Republicans they're going to be the man that needs the help or woman that needs the help. And there's going to be the way under their system. Well, the system's okay for me. I got Medicare. I got Social Security, you know, so I, you know, so who cares about anybody else? But the Republicans want to take it away from everybody. There's there's not going to be um, anybody that's going to be left that are going to have Obamacare or Medicare or Social Security or drug reimbursement because it's going to be everybody for themselves, your taxes will go down, but not nearly enough to cover these expenses, which will go up because there won't be enough people paying in to the doctors and the hospitals and uh, and, and and the other people that they need to pay. And so every, everybody's price is going up. So there's a real issue Beyond the the issues that you know, I would call the disqualifying events, no matter what, and and that's the concept of anybody that believes it, it's in politics that the 2020 election was rigged and followed uh, Trump on that. I think that uh, any politician that that says that they're automatically disqualified, because what that what that tells me is is that they they accept authoritarian rule that they're it's either their way or the highway and they don't care how they get there. So all these Republican politicians, they just want to get elected and they don't care how they get there. And once you, you give up your morals and, and what, and the idea that, uh, that you have to follow the law. Once you give that up, you have nothing in society. It's chaos. And that's where uh, Trump and his followers and these, the politicians that follow him are leading us. So I think people have to wake up because no one wants to end up in a country where there is no democracy. Another disqualifying event is denying the women the right to, to choose. I think if there's a politician out there that doesn't believe that a woman has a right to choose, and whether she wants to continue a pregnancy or, or end it, they're, they should be disqualified. Who are we, especially as men, to tell women what to do with their bodies? I mean, it is beyond belief that this is happening. And the justices on the Supreme Court, they lied to the senators. They told them one thing and they voted another. And this is how we got to where we are. So we, I, Well, I, and, and, and you know what? And, and again, this is a situation to me that 
first of all, does not make sense. Um, you know, if you're going to take away somebody's right, then, uh, you know, in my opinion, you should also uh, make it somewhat easier for these children to be adopted. And, and if you and I want to adopt a child in America, it's a very long, expensive, tedious process. And that's why people started adopting children, you know, overseas, because it's cheaper, it's faster. And it doesn't make sense to me that on one hand, we want to take away the right of women, um, which I believe is between them and their God or their beliefs, right? It's, it's again, not up to us, uh, like you said. But then on the other hand, they don't, they're not doing anything to help fast track adoption. So if a woman decided to have a child and put it up for adoption, uh, that child could find a good home. No, it's, it's you know, the... They're not fixing the process, in my opinion. They're not making it better. But to your point, bottom line is uh, I don't think that somebody is going to go willy-nilly and have an abortion. It's, it's a very difficult choice to make. It's, not, it's, it's probably not the first thing that comes to mind. And, and for, again, anybody to, uh, what do you call it, take that right away from somebody, it just doesn't make sense. And, and I just can't believe that we, what, what, what was it? We've lost 50, 60 years. It's just boom, gone. Gone. Yeah. And, and that, unfortunately that's the way that the system's set up. And at some point it's going to have to write itself though, either with additions to the Supreme court or some type of age limit, um, where they, they need to turn over, you know, by the time they reach 75 or something like that 70 and so there's there's turnover in the court and people uh, can see what what they had before and what they're going to get and th these are all processes that, that need to, to work through the system when we all follow the law and and that's the, the the critical issue is on these rights that people deny to others the idea that they they're not going to follow election laws that's the first, the beginning of an autocracy. That's the the end of democracy. Well, just because they won the election, that doesn't mean anything. And so once you have that, you, you have, how many laws are there that don't apply to them? Well, do they have to pay their taxes? No. Well, that's just another law that's that's uh, discretionary. I'm not going to uh, um, do that. And so they want to take the benefits, but they don't want to accept the burdens. And the idea right. here here is is that look. We're all in this together, and the, the people you need to vote for are the people that recognize that and recognize the rule of law across the board from the, your state uh, uh, officers, your city officers, your um, federal officers. Whoever you're voting for, you should be voting for a, a person of integrity that accepts the rule of law and understands that this is a sharing society not every man for himself society. And that's really the essence of the differentiation between the two. And ultimately, 
the people that will end up wanting to share the most are the ones who originally come up and say, it, you know, every man for himself until they need Medicare, until they need Social Security, until they need Obamacare. All of these uh, attributes uh, th- that are there. And so th- it's so important now because the, you know, everybody's going to vote in, in the next couple of weeks. And it, going into the voting booth, you, you have to be cognizant of the differentiation between the, the, the parties. In Georgia, you know, they, the Republican, no matter who he is, the Republicans are going to vote for him because they know if he gets to the Senate, uh, he'll follow the Republican uh, mantra, whatever it may be. And that's all they care about is they need enough votes and they need the presidency so that they can get rid of, of uh, the laws that uh, benefit um, the, the society as a whole. I mean, it didn't just happen overnight. Roosevelt passed the New Deal in the 30s because it, during the 20s and the teens in, in the last century, it was every man for himself. And, and, once, that, and once it got out of control... There was no fixing it because of the bread lines and the people out of work and the people on the street. And that, that's just a, a small example of what it would be like if it happens again. And so that's what we should worry about when we go to the polls and, and why um, we all should be voting for Democrats into all these offices to get the society back at least to a position where it's, it's not a society of every man for himself. It's a society of where it becomes a sharing society again. Well, and to your point, uh, the idea of that it's better together, the reality is, and, and, and we look at, I'll start with our families. Uh, there is something very spiritual and satisfactory, you know, helping your children, uh, helping your family. Then when you expand it to helping your neighbors, you know, at one point in America, when I was growing up, you, you knew, you knew who your neighbors were. Uh, and, and if all of a sudden, you know, you were, you know, your car became uh, whatever, it had a flat or it broke down. Uh, some, some of our listeners will remember this. Uh, people would stop and help you. And not only would they stop and help you, but they would do it for free. That no longer happens. Uh, now, if you're, if you're stranded, chances are nobody's going to stop to help you, right? And, and you know, is it, is it sometimes a little, uh, what do you call it, uh, a, a pain to help people? Yes. Does it cost a little bit of time, a little bit of effort? Of course. However, it makes living worthwhile it makes your community better it makes your neighborhood better and we have forgotten this and it's so easy now to go from your car into your garage into your house you never see your neighbor you don't know who they are and then we wonder why our society has become so estranged right it's just it's just become you know a little bit here a little bit there and then you fast forward 20 30 40 years and to your point, now we're in it for ourselves. Yeah, and you look at the states of Texas and uh, in Florida, the homeless people there, they shipped them off to uh, to the blue states, you know, to Massachusetts and D.C. and New York because they don't want to take care of them because it's every man for himself. 
in Florida when uh, there was a hurricane in New York in Sandy. Um, what did the, the Floridian um, politicians? They wouldn't vote for aid for the for the uh, new people in New York and New Jersey. Now that the shoe's on the other foot and they're needing aid from the federal government, well, they well, of course they're going to vote for that because it's Florida. And that right. idea is every man for himself. And eventually, you're the guy with the hurricane. And so, you know, you learn you should you learn your lesson at that point in time. It's it's not every person for themselves. And if you want to avoid the homelessness of people, one, you, you don't ship them off somewhere else. You come up with a plan to house them and get them off the street. And two is you come up with a plan so that people will, will be protected at, you know, the federal and state level with assistance, you know, for Medicare and Social Security and Obamacare, drug policies. All these things have come about as a result of the Democrats. And so the Republicans can take zero credit for any of this. And same thing with disaster relief. Republicans voted against it when it was a blue, a blue state. So really, where does their heart lie? <clears throat> it's for themselves. Well, when it's for Florida, that's a different story. Or for, for Texas, that's a different story. So it's, it's, it, you can't have it both ways. Is what, is right. What, you really can't. You either have to be blue or you have to be red. And the idea is when you go to the polls, it's a big responsibility and everybody must get out there and vote. And I would think if they if they vote, they'll vote for a Democrat because that is a sharing society. And that's that's where we're we should be headed because we have there's enough people out there that need our help that uh, we should feel good about paying our taxes uh, because it's going to go to help others that are are in need of it, and so it. It, there's a mentality there that that people don't have. You know, everybody hates to pay taxes. Well, think about it. Where do, where does your money go? You know, we're helping the Ukrainians to fight off the Russians. That it goes there. It goes to Medicare. It goes to Social Security. It goes to to, to drugs. It goes to helping the homeless. You know, it goes to all these different. Uh, things that are helpful to other people. It's not like it goes, you know, into somebody's pocket. And so it, it, the idea is, is that you know these these are all places where they, you can help other people with your tax dollars. And to the extent you pay them, you know, you're it, you're, you're benefiting other people at the same in other countries and our country at the same time. Yes, and and, and I also want to throw this in there. I used to be a hardcore Republican, and about 30 years ago, they, they, the Republicans, decided to get in bed with the insurance companies. And the reality is, if you have enough money, you can hire lobbyists and you can change laws to, to uh, protect your business, for lack of better terms. So anyway, 30 years ago, more or less, they got in bed with the insurance companies, and they started this thing uh, known as tort reform. And one of the things that tort reform did is it took away a patient's right to sue a doctor for the harm that they caused. So if a doctor accidentally severed your leg or 
cut off the wrong body part or, you know, came into the operating room drunk and, and somehow it just hurts you. And, you know, you could take this lawyer, I mean, sorry, you could take this uh, doctor to court and he would be responsible via his insurance for damages that he caused. Well, with tort reform, uh, malpractice is what that's called, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but malpractice, medical malpractice, instead of having uh, instead of having the right to take that doctor to court, they were able to put laws in place to uh, protect not the doctor but the insurance company for having to pay out those big uh, settlements. Uh, and so now if a doctor, again, purposely or accidentally hurts you and changes your life, I believe the max in most states is $250,000 that the doctor is on the hook for, plus your medical expenses throughout the rest of your life. And, and it helps, but let me tell you, if you're used to making $100,000 a year or even $50,000 a year, and now you cannot work, 250000 is nothing. Yes, I'm grateful that they're at least going to take care of your medical bills, but $250,000 disappears very quickly, especially when everything else is going up. So I, I throw that out there because that is what got me off of being a Republican. And now, to your point, I try to vote for people who uh, believe the way I do, who have integrity, and and that's the that's really the only thing that we can do. And, and I try to vote for people who are going to be, uh, I guess, who are going to try to take care of their citizens versus trying to take away somebody's rights, which doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not a uh, tort lawyer, but in California, the uh, medical mal uh, law was just changed uh, and raised the limits, and uh, it was way more favorable to uh, patients here now. Uh, it's going into effect at the first of the year, so we 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 we're slowly in California, at least, recognizing that that issue and uh, dealing with it. To, I guess to the satisfaction of the. Uh, medical malpractice bar and the insurance companies they've come up with a compromise to uh, to deal with that and that and that's a, that's a good thing i mean just yes. you know and so you you have to have these things that happen but you you can't have a compromise in, unless you have the control to have it um what what the the concept is or is it every man for himself or is the concept that we all live in society together? I mean, this is really, uh, and and we have to, a sharing economy. So it's a sharing, caring society, or every person for themselves a society, and that's really what it boils down to. And, right. Um, we, and so everybody go to the polls and vote, and I would urge everyone to vote uh, uh, for the Democrats across the board. I worked on. Um, minimum wage we were able to get the minimum wage across the country now the minimum wage is 15 plus dollars it's hard to believe that when we started this bird it was eight dollars and we were saying well ten dollars would be a good place to start so right. <laughs> uh, i mean it's, it's hard to believe and here we are at actually uh, twenty dollars an hour going to 25 and uh, you know people are making some real money and uh, having enough to live on and uh, at the same time, knowing that their 
medical expenses can be paid with Obamacare if they're on the short end of it or with Medicare, and their, their Social Security is protected. They know they pay in each each and every paycheck, but at the end of the day, uh, when they reach uh, you know in their 60s, they'll be able to take out, and there's enough money to keep a, uh, a place to live and food on the table, and we, we, they don't become a... Uh, a burden on society, and they've contributed all the way through. So it's it's a good system, and we should keep it, and uh, there's no reason to tear it down. And and we democracy, you know, it's not a perfect system, but it, as long as we follow it and the rule of law, we'll be fine. But we're in a very precarious time, and and if, if we don't keep the Democrats in, in power, uh, it's going to get a lot worse. Absolutely. Look, and I do want to mention this real quick. Here is a former president of the United States, a absolute, um, what do you call it, uh, high-profile individual. And, Norm, you correct me if I'm wrong. Most lawyers would love to represent a high-profile individual. A high-profile, high-net-worth individual is, in my opinion, an attorney's dream, especially a historic individual, in this case a former president. What top-notch law firm would not want to represent him? And in some cases, because an individual is high-profile or because the, the, the law at stake or the 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 case is so important a lot of these top-notch law firms would do it pro bono and i want everybody to think about this here is a former president of the united states who cannot get a high-profile law firm to represent him period that 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 right there should start people thinking why is that there has been people who have less of a profile who were on the hook for for murder who were represented by top law firms for free because what was at stake. And in this case here, here's a former president who cannot get good lawyers to represent him. That to me says a lot. That's just well, my thought. Yeah, no, it's it's – it's unfortunate, but that's who this guy is. I mean, his last attorney, uh, Michael Cohen, ended up in prison, and probably this um, lady or gentleman who signed this affidavit about that they had turned over all the documents when there was still a room full of them, they're probably going to end up being convicted of some crime. And at the end of the day, um, just because he is a former president, he has no immunity from prosecution. He's not in office anymore. And uh, if he committed a crime, um, you know, he's going to be the one that, that's going to go to jail. I think everybody, every attorney gets afraid to represent him because at the end of the day, he'll throw the attorney under the bus. Um, I think that's what people think. That's what I think anyway. And so I would, would never represent him. But the idea that, he, to me, that he just will spread myths and people will believe it because um, he was a former president and continue to spread that myth. And then he makes that a litmus test 
for people to get his support so they could end up in office. Uh, it's right. all a very bad system, and it's it's frightening to me that people would be so gullible um, it, and it, to it, fall it, for it. it. Absolutely. It, talk about shock and awe. Uh, and, and, and again, if people do their research, you're looking at, we're talking uh, lawyer, I'm not lawyers, judges that uh, former President Trump had, uh, uh, what do you call it, put into office that have ruled against him. Uh, his, his own attorney general found no uh, voter fraud. His cybersecurity, um, head of cybersecurity uh, found no voter fraud, and he was fired by Trump because he didn't agree with Trump. And, and, uh, and just, you know, anybody with uh, intelligence and conscience uh, has, has not agreed with this big lie about the voter fraud. And it, it, but the reality is because he is high profile, he gets tons of, of uh, views, and, and so people will give him the mic, and he's allowed, he's allowed to, uh, uh, as you mentioned, spread these myths or these lies and, and confuse, you know, the, confuses all, all right, and, and, and throw things out there that, uh, that are, again, if you just do a little tiny bit of research, you'll find out are incorrect. But anyway, uh, I digress. Back to the point is that we have a very important vote coming up, and if you want to make America better, if you want to make your community better, please get out there and vote. And I, I would urge you to vote uh, for the Democrat because that's the people that stand for us as a community and to uh, share the wealth as opposed to those that, that want to keep it all for themselves. And uh, that's the Republicans. And I don't, you know, share that view. Uh, and I, I think that in the end, uh, we'll all be better off um, if we continue down the road we are with the Democrats um, in power in the um, presidency in the house and the Senate and in, protect us there. And in, in all the state elections also, it'll, it, you know, there's, there's people running that have, have uh, said they'll, whatever the next election is, that it's going to come out and the, the whatever the result is, it's, it, they don't have to follow it. And so that's kind of frightening to me. It is. I mean, again, uh, it's it's uh, we'd call it uh, I don't know if oxymoron is is the right word but you know here's a political group who is telling you to follow the rule of law unless they don't like it. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's really what it is, and that and that 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 can't work, and so the, no, that just not. can't work, and so we all have to at the end of the day we have to follow the rule of law and um, and make it better. A better place to live for everybody. Absolutely. Norm, we're out of time, but as always, my friends, good to have you here. It is uh, fantastic uh, that uh, we've been able to hopefully uh, influence people and, and make the world a better place. And, and uh, you know, again, I want to emphasize for everybody to get out there and vote. Vote uh, for a Democrat. Follow the money. Look who's going to better your situation, better the community. And, Norm, it's always good to have you here. Okay, Bert. And, uh, thank you for having me, and have a good one. Stay healthy. All right. Good stuff there from Norm Blumenthal. Norm Blumenthal is an attorney for workers and consumers.
and uh, maybe you don't like what we said, let me know. Love to your feedback. Maybe you agree. Let me know. Love to get your feedback. Uh, bottom line is we are in a weird situation, and it is time to get out there and vote and make your community better. And as Norm says, follow the money. Just look at the candidates and see who aligns with your values. And let's share this episode with everyone you know. Let's get the message out there to get out there and vote. And remember, you were created to succeed. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.